Listen. All right, good morning, everybody. So anybody in here ever have a day like Harold? Okay, I need to pray for all of you. <laughs> Interesting. No, that's, uh, that, it's, it's crazy, I mean, to watch this if you don't know. I, I have not actually seen, I was telling Susie, we need to watch this. It's from a movie, Stranger Than Fiction. How many of you, have you guys seen that movie? All right, wow, a lot of you. Okay, I need to catch up. But for those of you who are like me, he, he finds himself, apparently, as the lead character in an author's latest novel. And so that's this voice, but having this voice that is speaking to you that nobody else can hear. Now, what's that like? I would say that's the entire story of the Bible. <laughs> the entire story of the Bible is a, is a story of God speaking to his people. So um, now in the beginning, right, we understand that God and, and huma humanity, God and Adam and Eve, they were completely together. There was nothing to separate them from one another. So there was intimacy in the garden. They were there, they were having conversation, they talked with each other, they walked with each other. But after the fall, when sin entered the world and humanity and God became separated from each other, it's very interesting, the very next story in the, in the scriptures is with Cain and Abel, and it says, and God said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And they have a conversation right there. Very next story, we got Noah, and it says, and God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, so make yourself an ark. What would that have been like to hear that voice? And then we go to Abram, and it says, and the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. So all of a sudden, there's this voice happening. God is speaking to Abram, and it says, and Abram went. He actually listened to this voice. God called to Moses. It says, and he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now, I, 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 I got to tell you, though, I don't give Moses a whole lot of credit because it came out of a burning bush, right? <laughs> That's not very fair. But here's what I want to go. It goes on and on. Every story in the scripture from the beginning, I just finished up Revelation for my own personal time with God. From beginning to end, the Bible is a story and it keeps saying, and God said, and he said, and he said, he's a God who speaks. So the people in scripture, they began to grow a confidence in this, right? So in Psalm 143.10, they would say, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 58 says, then you, talking to the people, he says, then you will call and the Lord will actually answer. You will cry for help and he will say, again, he will speak, here am I, and the Lord will guide you 
always. David, one of the man after God's own heart, he's constantly inquiring after God. Here's one example, 2 Samuel 2.1 says, in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah, he asked, and the Lord said, go. Like, here's the thing that's weird. Like, when you, when you read the story of David, he's constantly asking God questions, but he actually expects an answer. When he asks, God speaks to him. And so David goes, well, let's get a little more specific then. Where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord answers. And I know this. In my 12 years here, since K2's been to, in existence, you know, I've been in ministry for 30, but, but my 12 here, this is definitely one of the most common questions that I have gotten asked. Because I will find myself, like at Susie and I, we would experience this a lot in our Life Together group, where we're just discussing, and I would say, man, yeah, God said, and I, and I, I felt like God moved me, I felt like God prompted me, and, and people would go, whoa, 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 how do you know that's God? How do you know that God is speaking to you? That is a great question. And that's the question that we're going to look at for the next four weeks. Is he a God who speaks, and how can we know? Now, here's the deal. Our mission here at K2 is to invite you and to equip you to invite and equip everyone into the adventure of following God. And so I just want to say this is so exciting to me because if you're here today and you're not a Christian, this is a perfect time to show up. Because much of the time when people are not interested in Christianity, it's because we have a misperceived conception of what it is. That we think it's just following a bunch of rules and, and, and having to do what God says, and, 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 and it's so much more than that. Christianity is not just following rules and trying to be good enough to get God to love you. The truth is, and we'll get into this, that Christianity is so much more than that. So I'm so glad you're here because we want to invite you into an adventure of following God. And for all of you guys who are Christians here today, here's the other thing we know, is that many of us are like, okay, I totally believe this in Christ, but when as soon as it comes to this idea of speaking and listening to God, many of you are going, okay, this kind of weirds me out. I, somebody earlier was just praying in our band before, it's like, okay, man, this is, I don't know about this whole deal. But here's what's interesting. It's a universal practice to talk to God. Newsweek had an article on this, and here's a quote from there. It says, this week, more of us will pray than will go to work or exercise or have sexual relations. 78% of all Americans pray at least once a week, and 57% pray daily. Let me ask you, how many of you pray? Okay, see? So, so we're all praying, but it's almost always a one-way conversation, Right? <laughs> So we're praying all the time, but we're just laying stuff out to God, and we're, we're not listening. Lily Tomlin says this. She says, why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic? <laughs> right? And, and, and I had this experience, it was probably about three or four years ago, and it was an intense time in my life. So I had tons of questions. And I was asking God, and I do, I write out my prayers, when I'm, and I'm writing, I said, God, why is this going on, and what do you want me to do about this, and, and then this is happening, and why would I, what should I do here, and what about that? And I'm asking all these questions, now here's where it's interesting. I'm asking questions, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, this thought comes inside my head, and it says this, 
would you like me to answer any of those? <laughs> Somebody really enjoyed that. <laughs> no, but it, it, literally, where did that come from? See, but here's what I know. When we pray, most of us are just listing off stuff and we're laying them to God and then we say amen and we walk out of the room. Now, it's interesting that one of, I'll use this word, that one of the boasts of Christianity, and we will say a lot, is that it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. How many good relationships do you have where you do all the talking and never listen? Let's talk marriage counseling. No, I'm just kidding. No, or, or, or the same thing. If you ever been with, if someone does all the talking and the other person never gets to speak or you never listen, it's not actually a relationship. And yet that's what we claim that we have. And so here's what I know. There are many Christians who struggle with the idea of God actually speaking to them. But my question is, could it be potentially that he is but we just haven't figured out like, yeah, I feel a prompting. I feel there's something. I, I definitely feel like I have a relationship with God, but we just haven't figured out how to articulate what that means. But I know that when we bring up this topic, it can be a little unsettling for some people. And so I've asked someone who gets a little unsettled by this topic to come up and join me, and that's my wife, Susie. <laughs> Would you guys enjoy it? Thanks, honey. She's so excited to be up here right now. Never. <laughs> I hate this. And honestly, you know that sometimes David has asked me to share things or to, or to be up here, and it's always hard for me, but I told the first service people this may be one of the hardest things he's ever asked me to share um, because it's so private and so intimate, and I feel very vulnerable. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But we feel like that's important to you to know um, that we're all vulnerable here. And uh, so this is an interesting topic for me. I'm interesting. That's a euphemism. This is a hard topic for me. Um, I gave my heart to Jesus fully and completely when I turned 13. And that was 35 years ago. And I have enjoyed... Um, getting to know God. What an adventure. Oh my goodness, my sweet Lord. There is no one, no one like him in my life. And um, I have learned to trust him as my shepherd who can lead me even when I'm being a stupid sheep and I'm walking off a cliff. He will get me where he wants me to be. I trust him. And I know he leads me. I have learned to hear his voice and discern him speaking to me and through me when I'm counseling people. Um, I know that I know that I know very specific moments in my life when he has directed me very clearly. My call to ministry, my call to marry this man, uh, stepping on staff with, with uh, K2 three years ago. All that to say, um, this, there's still a private place in me that's very insecure in this area. Um, back in 1996, um, this wonderful, sweet relationship that I had with my Lord got very quiet, very quickly. So stark and so 
poignant that I reached out to the people in my life that were very close to me and prayed for me. And I asked them to please pray over me and ask God if there was a sin in my life that was hindering my relationship with him. So they got together and prayed over me, and they just shared to a person. All of them said, this is not a rebuke. This is God building your faith. And what started then took 10 years of just a general silence um, in my life. And um, I don't know if that's at the bottom of some of this insecurity But I do know that if you walk with him long enough, things will happen that will throw a wrench into your relationship with him, and it could cause you to struggle in ways you haven't before. And I think that's because he wants us to go ever deeper with him. My particular place of struggle is in prayer. Um, When I stop and ask him a question, I hear crickets. Um, And I'm married to this wonderful man who he's sitting there typing out his prayers and he just easily transitions from him talking to God and all of a sudden it'll just pour out and he will type pages of God's word to him. And um, that's a a difficult contrast to live with. Um, I tried to read a book one time where you write in different colors. This is me talking, this is God talking, and I shut it after four chapters and put it away because I didn't trust my thoughts as being his thoughts. So this is a neat adventure I'm on. Um, Two weeks ago, when Tony asked us to sit quietly and just confess something to God that we needed to, I was shocked because the very first thing that came up to me was I told God I'm... I wish you weren't as silent with me as you are. Um, So that's where I'm at, and I'm excited about the next four weeks because I believe he's doing something in me. He wouldn't bring that up out of my heart if he weren't going to speak into that. And I'm trusting that he's going to do that for all of us um, if we will just act on the promptings during the week and really make this a journey together, not just come and listen to a sermon and let it go. But, um, Cool. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Nope. <clears throat> um, so I, I asked her if she would just pray uh, for us because, um, yeah, I, I think this is absolutely something that, that, that is supernatural and yet... It's what God has designed us for, but we need him today. So would you just pray for us? Yeah. God, we stand before you um, so privileged, so excited to be here. We're so grateful that you are a God who, who speaks. Thank you. Thank you for revealing to us that you are not this impersonal force, um, the cosmos in general, but you are a person with mind and heart and thoughts and that you speak to us. You tenderly work for our good. And this relationship that we have with you is um, a mystery. It's an adventure. Um, And we, your people in this room, long to be closer to you. We long to be more available to you. We confess, God, that things have hurt us. People have spoken words to us on behalf of you that weren't from you, and it has wounded us in this area. We confess that we have sinned against you, and that has hindered our ability to hear. 
But God, we lay all of that down now and other things, and we just we just look to you and tell you we're really excited um, to get better at discerning your voice and following you. And um, I ask that you would just anoint David's words today, give us ears to hear, not just to listen, but to act on whatever it is that you prompt us to do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe. All right. So we titled um, today's message, That Was Then and This Is Now. And so today, what I'm going to do, again, we're going to take four weeks, but today, all I want to do is lay a foundation, okay, for us from the scripture that we do have a God who speaks and he actually hasn't lost his voice, okay? Then we're going to get real practical, okay? So next week, we're going to answer the big question, how do I know this is actually God, How can I discern and know if this is God's voice? And then we'll dive into different practices that you can do to increase the the intimacy that you can have with him. How can I put myself in a place to be able to hear God's voice? And then we'll be talking about his word, which is so crucial to this. But okay, that's where we're going today. I just want to lay the foundation for why we should do this. So here's the first key I want to start with. And that is, many times when we read the Bible, we think that everybody in the Bible is like super special, like those are, the, those are the few people that for whatever reason, they had something that I don't have. And here's what I love. In James, when he's talking about Elijah, which was this fantastic prophet, James says, Elijah was a man just like us. He goes, there's nothing special about him. So here's the first thing you gotta, you gotta shift and you have to change about the stories in the scripture. They were not special people. If you, and, and actually, from now on, when you read, you'll realize, these guys weren't special. They doubted every time God showed up. They asked questions. They didn't want to do what he wanted. They, they didn't know if he would. Read Gideon, one of my favorite stories ever. He's like, this can't be happening. So these people were very normal. And so we need to understand, if we're going to know how to have a relationship with God, then let's look at these normal people But God came and spoke to them. Now, what God wants to do with them and what he wants to do with us is totally unique to you and your journey and your identity, okay? But people are similar, all right? So let's start off. I'm just going to start off with Moses, right? Moses, this huge figure in the scripture. Numbers chapter 12. God is speaking here and he says, listen to my words, When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, and I speak to them in dreams. So that's one way. We'll get to this a little bit later. There's one way that God says this is how I speak. I can speak in visions and dreams. But look at this. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So there was something special actually here, right, with Moses. God did have an intimacy with him that not everybody else had. So immediately we can sit there and we can think about Moses and go, yeah, he's super crazy, like, wow, what an amazing journey he had. And so we get to 2 Corinthians, let's jump to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 3.13 says this, we are not like Moses. Can we all say amen? Amen. 
right? No kidding, man. The dude got burning bushes. He got to enter into clouds and see, meet God face to face. And when he, when he talked with God, God would like put his finger and write down on tablets of stone. He'd come down and go, this is what God said. Wouldn't that be cool if when you did your quiet time with God, he just like write stuff on stone for you? Like, so we think of Moses, we go, man, this guy, he had like, after he would meet with God, glory would be on his face. It was so amazing. We are not like Moses. Let's keep reading the verse. We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face. Why? To prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. See, when God and Moses would meet, it would be this amazing encounter. But then Moses actually put a veil over his face because he didn't want the Israelites to see what just happened is going to fade away. (laughs) It's actually going to pass what Moses experienced with God. So then we get some more explanations. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 8 says, Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory. In other words, the old covenant, right? So why did God give us these 10 commandments? Why did he give us the laws? We learn again in the New Testament. He did that just to, so you would even know what sin is. And he goes, this ministry brought death because it just helped you to know that you can't do it. that you're falling short of God. He goes, if that ministry came with glory so that the Israelites couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? See, you guys, what we're all saying is, we're like, man, it's not fair what Moses got. And Moses right now, he's going, man, it's not fair what you guys get. (laughs) Moses now knows that what we have is better than anything he ever experienced. It was glorious, but the Bible is telling us, the revelation is, the ministry of the spirit that we now have is more glorious all right, so let's, let's, let's go this. Let's, let's move it on to Jesus. Because, like, how many of you ever thought, it's like, how cool would it have been to actually been on the planet when Jesus was here, right? How many of you would want that? How many of you, let's just be honest, how many of you have been jealous of the disciples? right? They got to be with Jesus face to face. They got to hear him right like this. Didn't have to wonder, is that God or is that not? No, it's like, I get to hear his voice. Okay? And then Jesus would say things like this. He goes, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, guys, there's our mission statement. This is why we want to do everything we can to invite you and to equip you on the adventure of following God. Because that's what Jesus is saying. He goes, if you're my sheep, he goes, my sheep actually hear my voice and they follow me. I tell you what, man, that's why it's an adventure with God. He goes, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And so again, we can go, yeah, but that's not fair. Like Jesus was speaking, they could hear his voice. Then right before Jesus leaves, and I don't have the scripture up here, but listen to this. He says, truly, truly, I tell you, he's talking to his disciples. He goes, it is for your good that I am going away. 
wait, 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 wait. Jesus, man, this can't get better than this. I mean, we're, we're intimate, we're close. We're, how could it actually be good if you go away? And he goes, because unless I go away, the helper, that was interesting, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'm gonna send him to you. What Jesus is saying is this, don't be jealous, you guys, of those who actually got to hang out with him in the flesh. He goes, it's actually gonna be better for you if I go, because I'm gonna send you the helper. Now, how does he explain this? He goes this in in chapter 14. If you love me, you're gonna keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And that word another means of the same exact kind to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. What's Jesus saying? He goes, oh, you guys, you think you got it good now. No, 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 it's gonna be so much better, right? Because you, can you kind of picture it? Like here's Jesus, he's having this intimate conversation with Peter, right? And all of a sudden, James is over here going, okay, hurry up and get this conversation done because I got something really important to ask you. And now Jesus is going, hey, see, it's gonna be better because you won't have to wait for the conversation to get over. You know, I always wonder, like all the guys, like how come, you know, you think we're jealous of the disciples? I always think about how jealous the other nine must have been of Peter, James, and John, right? How come Jesus always takes Peter, James, and John with him? How come there he got to see the transfiguration? How come he wanted them to be in the garden with him praying, right? See, it wasn't better to be with him because sometimes they weren't with him. And he's saying, I got something better than even hearing me vocally. He goes, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to be in you. And he will be there every moment of every single day. He goes on to explain, he goes, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 16, he says, and when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak. Do you guys see this? And so we're wondering, that was then, this is now. And Moses is going, I know, and you guys got it so much better than I ever did. And the disciples are saying the same thing. Oh, you guys, yeah, it was great walking with Jesus. Not gonna, not gonna lie, you know, seeing all the miracles, that was awesome. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like actually having his spirit inside of me. And now Jesus speaks to me all the time. You know him because he dwells with you and he'll be in you. It's the ministry of the spirit and it's more glorious than ever before. Now, there are many ways, okay? In the Bible, there's lots of different ways that God speaks. 
You got the phenomena plus a voice, right? That'd be the burning bush, right? God will do a demonstration and then speak out of it. You have the supernatural messengers or the angels, right, that that Mary got. Like, man, how lucky for Mary and Joseph. They kind of had a big assignment, though, you know? (laughs) I'm thinking sometimes when God has a big assignment, he shows up a little more big. That's actually, look at that in Scripture. It's very interesting. So he does that. Sometimes he does dreams and visions, like we talked about. Sometimes he actually does an audible voice. In the scriptures, we, you can see that. And, and I personally have never heard an audible voice, but I do know some, there are people who have. Literally here. Now this was really interesting. Dallas Willard, by the way, eventually we're gonna get this book, okay? But I would encourage you to get it. It's called Hearing God, okay? Hearing God by Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard is a philosophy professor at USC. Brilliant. Love his stuff. Okay? It's a little heady, but it's so rich and so deep. And he talks about, in his book, he says, the other way that God speaks, in fact, the most common way outside of us is through another person. God will often use another person and will sense that we hear from God. Now, this is so weird. I I hear this all the time, and it's so crazy to me. People will come up to me and say, man, I was sitting there, and it was like you were speaking right to me. How many of you have ever felt that here? You were speaking right to me. If you've ever told me that, you know my response. You were speaking right to me. And I always go, yes, he was. (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? And here's what's fascinating. I'm saying one thing, and hundreds of people are hearing unique things directly to them. So God speaks, and you hear him often. But here's the one we're going to really dive into. And Willard would say this, and I would agree with him. The most common way that God speaks to us is in our own spirit. This is the ministry of the spirit of God. And he speaks to us in our spirit. And this is what we're going to have to unpack in the next few weeks. How does this happen? But what he does is he speaks to us in our thoughts. See, that's what was happening that day when I was praying. I had lots of thoughts, man. I had lots of things to tell God. And then all of a sudden, a new thought pops in and goes, would you like me to answer any of those? I wasn't coming up with that. But it happened right in here. And God speaks to us through the ministry of the Spirit. Intimately. Dallas Willard says this, of all the ways in which a message comes from within the experience of the person addressed, the form of one's own thoughts and attendant feelings is the most common path for hearing God, for those who are living in harmony with God. It's the ministry of the Spirit. Okay, soak in this verse. This is fascinating. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, okay? So we're going to, so he's going, physical eyesight isn't enough. He goes, what no ear has heard, so actually audible listening hasn't done it, and this is interesting, and what no human mind has conceived. In other words, in your brain as a human, You will never be able to conceive on your own. Your eyes can't see it, your ears can't hear it, and your mind can't conceive it because you're a created human being. Look at this. What What no human mind has conceived, 
the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You're never gonna get it through sight, through here, or even your own mind. Then how are you going to get it? These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a, spirit, a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God. Let me just stop right there. God has thoughts. <laughs> He's thinking. He has ideas. He has a will. He has a plan. You guys remember when we were talking about your identity? The fact that you're a created being and he says, and you're my idea, you, I thought of you in the first place. I formed your inner being. I formed your physical nature. I've even formed your days. I have thoughts about your days. Isn't that cool? Like every day, God is thinking. And that's why when David wrote Psalm 139, he goes, oh, the, the thoughts that you have of me, God, the vast sum of them, I can't even fathom. Anybody want to know God's thoughts? No, no, I'm good. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And that's why the ministry of the Spirit is so much more glorious. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what I was saying earlier, and why if you're, if you're not a Christ follower yet, I'm so glad you're here today because you need to understand this. Christianity is not a matter of you just finding a bunch of rules and trying to be good at following them. That is so burdensome and very frustrating. You are not a Christian. Now listen, because some of you think you are. The truth is, some of you might think you're a Christian because you go to church. That, that don't make you a Christian either. What makes you a Christian is you put your faith in Christ who came to save us and there's this thing called sin inside of you that keeps you separate from God. So the spirit of God and you are separated right now and God loved you so much that he's like, I did not create you to walk separately from me. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come and in Christ, he's gonna die for your sin. He's gonna take all your sin, all of your meanness, not meanness, but like sin is literally where you're just focused on yourself more than you are God. You love yourself more than you love God and more than you love people. That's called human nature. God comes, Jesus comes. He absolutely takes your sin into himself on the cross, pays the penalty for it, so now you're clean, you don't have any sin, so now you can actually be reconciled back to God. And so what God says is this, as soon as you believe, which means trust, it's not cognitive belief, it's I believe in you, Jesus, and you trust him. He goes, as soon as you believe in him, if anyone would receive him, you get the right to become a child of God. That's when it happens. And then he says, born of my spirit. No one's a Christian until that's happened. 
But once that has happened, now you have the Spirit inside of you. See, now you can actually hear from him, and now you can get God's thoughts. And so Paul ends the 2 Corinthians 2 phrase by saying this. He goes, we have the mind of Christ, because Christ is now in us, and we're in him. Go back to our messages back in December about there's no chasm, right? Heaven and earth have collided for a follower of Christ. His spirit is now in you, and you're in him. And so the thoughts of God, if I have the mind of Christ, that means I can have the thoughts of God. And so the primary way that God speaks to people is right in here. It's in you, in your thoughts, in your spirit. So Romans 8, 14 says this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Man, you guys, this is the coolest news in all the world. And I just want to, like, I can't, I can't wait. Because please, please do this. Because <laughs> here's what I know. This is such a bummer. I really wish I could just do four messages right now. <laughs> because the truth is, some of you aren't going to come back. <laughs> And, and you're, and you're going to miss like how you can actually get this into your life. And that, oh, I just wish I could tell you because it's so exciting to finally figure out what are my thoughts and what are God's thoughts? How do I discern the difference between those? How can I start to gain a confidence that what's going on inside of me is actually this relationship with God? Man, I can't wait to share and dive into that. And then how can, what can I do? What are some practices that I can get engaged in that help me to grow in this? Because it's true. God can speak to you if you're not a Christian. In fact, he has to because you'll never become one unless you hear him drawing you. The first thing that happens is God starts wooing you to himself. And you're going, where is this come? Why am I thinking about God? I don't even believe in God. Why, why, why is that happening? Because he's speaking to you. He's leading you. He's prompting you. But once you become a follower of Christ, you can enhance your intimacy with him and you can learn how to hear his voice. I'm telling you, man, there's no one I know better than Susie, right? I mean, you, one of you guys calls me on the phone, I'd have to go, yeah, who are you? And you'd have to tell me. Susie can call me on the phone and breathe and I'm like, what's up, babe? Right? I know her. Why? Because I spend more time with her than anybody else. I share more with her than anybody else. She shares with me more than anybody else. You can learn how to have that type of relationship with God. So guys, oh, can't wait to share all this with you. This, because I'm telling you right now, man, my life makes no sense, zero, outside of the fact that God has spoken to me. It makes no sense. I didn't want him either. I definitely didn't want to be a pastor. Didn't want to move to Salt Lake. What in the heck? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because there's a God who knows the plans he has for you, and he's just looking for people who will actually listen. Okay? Would God speak? Absolutely. Can he speak? <laughs> Should he? Yes. If he's love and wants a relationship with you, does he speak? I can't wait to continue to unpack this with you. Here's what I know. He wants you to know your identity. That's why Jamie, who many of you have been intrigued by when he's been here speaking, 
for him, he goes, the two most important things for a human being is number one, people must learn how to hear from God. Because if you can't hear from God, you'll never find out who you are. God's the only one, the one who created you is the only one who knows why you're here and the only one who can reveal your identity. And he wants you to know it. He wants to lead you, guide you. He wants to use you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to love you. It's true. And we're gonna unpack this as much as possible. As the band comes up, would you guys do me a favor? Would you just close your eyes again for me real quick? We're gonna keep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to help us practice even on a regular basis more on Sunday mornings how we can do this. Here's the first thing I want you to just close your eyes. And I'd love for you in being with God, being with Jesus, would you just tell him right now what thoughts, what are the true thoughts in your head right now about what you've just heard? Tell God what you believe. And if your truth is like Susie's where it's like, God, the truth is I'm frustrated you're so silent with me, then tell him that. If you think everything I shared is hogwash and you don't believe him, tell God that. Tell him exactly the truth about what you're thinking about what you just heard. Okay, now ask him this simple question. God, what do you want me to know about what I just heard? What do you want me to know about you as a God who speaks? So here's what we're going to do. This song, I think, was written for this message. We are going to give you a chance right now to express to God and to, with your heart, with your voice, with your soul, with your mind, to tell God, like, God, I would love for you to speak to me. I'm here, and if you speak, I want to hear. Okay? So we're going to give you a chance to do that. We're going to take our offering while we do, you guys. This is so, again, such an important part of who we are, that God gives and gives, that we give back, that we keep a flow of living water, a living spirit that receives and gives. Because here's what I can tell you, man. As God starts speaking to you, as you start receiving from God, I told you this before, it will never be just for you. Everything God will speak, he's going to want to move through you to the world. So giving an offering is just a great practice of receiving and then giving, okay? Let's stand together and let's worship.